0: Welcome to Reels on the Rocks, the show where your host, Whiskey and Sweet Tea, discuss film from the unpretentious perspective. In our final episode of the season, we discuss the Bill Murray-led adaption of A Christmas Carol, Scrooge. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and as always, please be advised that spoilers are ahead. listeners happy holidays we're back hey. your favorite squad whiskey and Ooh. sweet tea <laughs> end of
1: the year can you believe it it's blown by
0: well some people are very happy to see 2021 god i was at i was at the dollar stop at target and then in the in the new year's day section they had they had headbands that said is it over yet well, before anyone
1: gets excited, who knows? Next year might be worse, so you might be looking back at this year and being like, Oh, I remember when things were No Well Nah, gonna 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 be positive. I mean, I, you know,
0: I don't know about you, but I'm feeling twenty two.
1: I'm feeling twenty two, and uh I mean to be fair i kind of feel like this year was a little bit better than last year uh, yes
0: yes i agree it was it not still wasn't a good
1: year but it was it was marginally better yes. it definitely didn't start out on a positive note that's for sure so,
0: right <laughs> um but yeah so we're back for our last episode of the season uh, of course another holiday movie before we get into it let's talk about what we're drinking i'll go first because i'm talking <laughs> um, sounds fair so i am having some eggnog that i spruced up with some extra like juniper and cinnamon to make it a little taste a little bit more christmasy and then of course because of the character movie i may or may not have added just a little bit of bourbon in with it you know to kind of go with that whole <laughs> undercover drinker thing
1: that's uh that's actually one of my favorites uh i didn't last recording weren't you drinking eggnog as well no
0: (laughs) i was drinking apple cider
1: that's what it was that's what it was ah so uh for me (laughs) Um, because and I guess we'll start off because I did not know this so for anyone listening maybe this will be a new fact for you but so at one point Bill Murray and his boss in the film drink a highball Yes. and I thought a highball was a specific cocktail but looking it up it's like oh no it's several different cocktails it's you know it could be a screwdriver it could be a gin and tonic so I went with my favorite highball and also somewhat appropriate for the holidays a rum and coke because you know Coca-Cola And Santa Claus are like synonymous with one another. So that is my highball of choice for tonight.
0: Yes. And actually I'm thinking back in that scene and my first reaction was, Oh, it's not just a type of glass it's actually yeah that's that's the thing
1: technically i mean you know i don't have a highball glass so you could say like oh it's not you know to those people shush i i only have what type of glasses i have but yeah i did not know that i thought a highball was like a specific cocktail i didn't realize it was a type of cocktail
0: well listen listeners i did try to give whiskey some glasses he was like I have enough glasses. I don't. You gave more. me glasses. I have. <laughs> you gave me whiskey sipping glasses. That's I still true. Have. That's true. <laughs> I thought I tried to give you more. That may have been somebody else in my building. Anyway, I confuse people. I apologize. It also depends how many glasses
1: you were giving me. If it were a few, that's one thing. But if it was like a case of 12, I wouldn't have enough room you know what? for them.
0: I think I think it was the whiskey glass. I think I was going to give you a set of three, but you were like, what am I going to do with this third glass? Keep it. I'll just take well, the Well, there two. you go. That's that's
1: just what's uh that's what's weird, because if it was four, that would make sense. But three, I, I was come, like, on, come now.
0: I was like, rule of threes. you know, like that does not apply to accumulating things? Exactly.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> (laughs) But yeah, I still have those, and they're probably the fanciest glasses I
0: have. So, we are getting right into it. This day, it's today's holiday classic. One of my favorites, I've seen this many times over the years, uh, is Scrooge from 1988. It was directed by Richard Donner, with music by Danny Elfman, cinematography by Michael Chapman. It was written by Mitch Glazer and Michael O'Donohue. In starring as Frank Cross, Bill Murray; as Claire Phillips, Karen Allen; uh, as Lou Hayward, John Forsythe; uh, as Elliot's louder milk was Bobcat Goldthwait; as, Gra- as Grace Cooley, Alfrey Woodard; as uh, Christmas Past, David Johansson, as Christmas Present, Carol Kane. As Christmas Future in an uncredited role, Robert Hammond, and Michael J. Pollard as Herman. And I do apologize if I got any of that backwards because I just realized, reading this back, when I was writing out the cast, I had their name dash their role. Apparently, I alternated it on some lines for whatever reason. So (laughs) (laughs) I apologize if I got any of that backwards. Okay, so first things first. uh, Before we get into it, I want to know, Whiskey. I think this was your first time seeing this movie. First yes. impressions.
1: So it's. So, first off, um, I know this is a lot of people's favorite uh, Christmas movie, and for one reason or another, I had never seen it. Uh, however, uh, The Christmas Carol is like one of my favorite stories, just period, even outside of Christmas. So, I love any adaptation of it it's it's always fun to see the different takes the muppet one Mm -hmm. in the mid 80s actually i think it was a year before this one there was like just a straight adaptation you know like old-timey english and everything yeah uh there's the most recent one with uh jim carrey and it's all like mocap animation Mm -hmm. there's the disney one with like mickey and donald and all those those characters so like, I, I always enjoy seeing, like, new versions of this, and it's one of those types of classic stories that they're going to keep remaking it, uh, you know, t- into oblivion. Like, there right, will, right. in a few years, there will be another Christmas Carol movie. Uh, so uh, I liked this one. It was interesting, and I was really surprised at how many just nostalgic childhood. <laughs> like not just Bill Murray, the fact that Richard Donner, the guy who did the Superman movies and the Goonies right, directed right. it, the fact that Danny Elfman did the music, which mm-hmm. when I was watching like in the opening credits, I was like, this sounds like a Danny Elfman score. Like it's got that kind of Tim Burton, like, ha, 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 you know, kind of. And I was like, this sounds like Danny Elfman was name appeared. I was like, no way, no <laughs> way. I couldn't believe. And this was like kind of before his career took off too um and uh and even uh karen allen as uh you know i know her from indiana jones and the uh you know raiders of the lost ark so it's just tons of people from like movies i like so i'm not surprised this just on that would be Mm -hmm. uh people's favorite christmas movie um and as an adaptation it's very fun. Uh, my favorite aspect of it was actually the, the ghosts and who they cast as the ghosts and kind of their weird
0: right. <laughs> ghost characters.
1: But yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, because there are so many Christmas Carol adaptations, it's a little hard to really have a lot to say, uh, super like, right. Like right. about this, but we'll get, we'll get more into it. But overall I did enjoy it. I, I kind of had, uh, like the only real issue i had was just semantic stuff about the story Mm -hmm. but in kind of the way that they framed his redemption but again as we talk more about the story i'll kind of get into like it and it's not like a game like a a deal breaker right Uh, i would i would gladly watch this again in the future and i definitely see why a lot of people it's a go-to for them
0: well just so you know i did check earlier today it is currently running on amc like every other day so if Well
1: it sounds like so this is one of your favorites, so, so what's your history with this so film?
0: I have been watching this movie since I used to say since the old house, but you didn't know me back then. Basically since um uh, my family's first house which we lived in prior to 2003 so way before so before that I was watching this movie with my uh, with my parent my mom loved this movie every Christmas this would be on we'd always watch it um, and you know it's just it's it's sort it's sort of a movie that I didn't understand really as a child <laughs> I kind of just got the I of course I got the Christmas past present and future because that's in literally everything that's Christmas related even kids shows Um but i did you know there's just a lot of stuff that as the older i got i got to kind of grow with this movie and you know every year there'd be something new that i would pick up on and find either hilarious or sad that i didn't pick up on the year before because like i said i got to grow up with this movie and uh the, it, it, it's just been a, it's basically been a christmas tradition in our house for as long as i can remember
1: so this is definitely a film that you watch every year on the holidays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this your first, like, was this the first Christmas Carol adaptation you ever saw?
0: I'm trying to think if this was, this was either the first one. This is the first one. I, I don't think this was the first Christmas Carol adaptation because like I said, I remember the first time I saw this. Understanding the concept of past, present, and future. The, the ghosts. But I don't. I can't remember what the first adaptation was. So this is, I guess, the first one that I can remember watching. But I know it's, it can't have been the first one because I understood what was going on. If that makes also, sense. Also,
1: this one's PG thirteen. So,
0: <laughs> well, yes, but this was shame awesome. on you. <laughs> well, okay. First off, first off, this is a movie, and we'll get into this later. That found a second life um, in uh, uh, in syndication, and so like when I watched well, it, so- I watched the TV edit a- growing up a lot. Well,
1: so when you say that, did was this not uh, successful at the box office then? Because I noticed you did not uh, read off the, the box office numbers for this one. So, so was this one technically a bomb it when was, it came
0: out? Or? It was not. It, it's a difficult question to answer because this movie was supposed to be, it was marketed and and prepped to be a Christmas blockbuster. Um And it did okay, So I guess you. it wasn't wasn't what it's supposed to be, but it it, it fell way short of their expectations. But it wasn't like it did horribly. Uh, It did it did have problems making it to Christmas, though, in some markets. Uh, It did extremely well because it opened the weekend after Thanksgiving and did extremely well. And then it just kind of immediately dropped off. And it didn't really it, it was in the theater for a total of eight weeks uh, but by the time Christmas came around or really what well, I to call the 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 two weeks before Christmas and stuff you know people weren't seeing it or people who wanted to see it they had trouble finding it already so it was it was technically it made back its budget uh, but it wasn't what the studio had intended it to be. it was not um, this huge success that they had banked on it being, uh, for example, at the time they had paid, uh, I think Bill Murray approximately $6 million for his performance, <laughs> which was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, now the, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what it currently
1: is, but a few years ago, it was reported that Robert Downey Jr. was the highest paid actor in Hollywood history. And he made $10 million a movie. And that's by today's standards. Yeah. So 6 million, a movie, yeah. Jeez, that's that's insane. Like, I kind of can't believe like in Bill Murray was popular in the 80s. But that's
0: that is outrageous that they would even get, I mean, and also no offense to Bill Murray, but that's that is absurd. I mean, and also this is coming out. This is coming after he'd taken a four year hiatus from acting. So they actually I think the studio- that's their
1: idea. <laughs> Unless he demanded that much money, that is their stupid idea. Because uh, uh, that already is going to put them in the hole. Uh and I guess like the idea of a Christmas blockbuster isn't too crazy. I remember when I was a kid and the Jim Carrey Grinch movie came out. That mm-hmm. thing was still playing in theaters months after Christmas. Like yeah. I think I was still playing even in like February. Yeah. And that's an example of one that just huge explosively popular yeah so, I, like,
0: I remember that one i remember seeing that i remember being scared of it <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah i get i remember that being a huge phenomenon as well everybody remembers seeing that movie or something as a kid um and then the you know they did the recent grinch movie which didn't do as well uh <laughs> their marketing campaign was hilarious i i did not care for the
1: movie that much but i i loved all the snarky billboards all around town
0: I will say so. There's a couple things I want to specifically talk about in this movie. One of my, the couple of my scenes in this movie are actually at the very, very beginning of the movie. I love the opening of this movie. I, oh yeah. I love the psychos are coming to Santa's rent, to, to Santa's to, coming to take Santa's workshop hostage and only Lee majors can save them in yeah, the, the night. Six million dollar man. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. 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 I, I was like, Oh my God, the six million dollar man. Um, and <laughs> that's
1: just Which like, is funny since, since that's uh, technically what Bill Murray was. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He, his salary for the film costs the same as a fictional oh robot my God. cyborg body. Right?
0: <laughs> that,
1: no, would... but that was great. Um, like And that too. I Even though I'd never seen this movie, I knew that it was like a TV producer was Scrooge. So yeah. I would imagine that, I guess, I don't know. I feel like if you went into this really blind, it would be an even funnier uh opening yeah because i know for sure that like in the trailer for the movie like i'm sure they made it very clear like ooh, he's a hot shot tv producer so as funny <laughs> as the opening is i you know you know why you're well, seeing this at silly po- production
0: at what point did you realize that the opening was a promo
1: immediately immediately as as soon as there was santa and elves i knew it was like a tv show for like his (laughs) network because i knew again it's it's partly even though i haven't seen this movie i knew the premise it's it's a christmas carol but with a greedy tv producer as scrooge (laughs) so there is no santa or elves in the movie so as soon as i see that i'm like oh okay we're going to be going into like one of his tv productions
0: Okay, but at what point were you like okay something's not right here immediately <laughs> really I mean, even Again, like, even Santa if the like,
1: elves are not in the well, no, you know, I mean, universe but like, of the movie
0: but like but like a but like it could be a christmas show i mean for for me i was like oh i see what you well of course when the 6
1: million dollar man shows up then i know that it's like a goofy <laughs> crossover movie and they
0: pull out they pull out the machine guns like, that they had in the stashed in the back oh god it's
1: it's <laughs> hilarious i just feel like Can we it just... would be best if you did not know what kind of movie you were getting into in the first place like it would be even funnier especially like if you're going in thinking it's like a christmas carol and then there's like elves with machine guns and right. stuff like that
0: <laughs> i um, i just and then that title of that movie the night the reindeer died died yes i
1: love that too <laughs> that
0: just sounds like such an 80s action movie <laughs> it reminds
1: me of like red dawn or something like that where it's like very <laughs> the night the reindeer They're died, died. <laughs> it, oh it's it's very uh, encapsulating of the times for sure and but, then uh,
0: you talked about uh, so you talked about uh, some of the other people uh, that was kind of uh, nostalgic for you in the movie, and especially in this opening sequence, we get to see some people that I know, like uh, Jamie Farr, uh, who was Klinger on Mash, uh, Mary Lou Retton, Olympic gold medalist, and Buddy. Hackett, oh yes, and then Buddy Hackett from The Music Man and A Mad 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 World. Yes, they were also um, in this. Well and also the the
1: gold medalist was also kind of part of the joke too right is like that because that was the one who's playing Tiny Tim right Yeah yeah that's the whole thing And that that's short. part of what's funny is like she had just won gold medals so like the idea was like oh and Tiny Tim instead of walking is going to do this big gymnastics backflip or whatever it was Again <laughs> and- it kind of reminds me cuz the 80s like we're talking one thing that uh was kind of popular in a lot of movies at the time was the 80s, you know, if anyone listening is younger or something, you might not know this, but that the 80s was kind of the big boom in the, you know, having 100 plus TV channels. That's when cable and satellite dishes and everything were starting to be really big. And you had hundreds of channels. And the idea of, like, there being a channel just for cooking was super novel at the time. <laughs> uh, so, like, this film and a lot of other 80s films, like Gremlins 2... And, uh, you, uh, UHF, UHF with, uh, uh, weird Al Yankovic and stuff. Like it was, it was kind of a hot topic to make fun of these, you know, ridiculous, like multi-channel network kind of
0: oddly specific you know, channels. <laughs> yeah.
1: All the specific channels and, um, just how silly it is to have like all these very like niche markets and, uh, <laughs> And, like, even, even films that, like, talk about, like, this isn't exactly a very good movie, but it also kind of was, like, uh, a big boom in, like, the way news had changed and, and the rating system and all this other stuff. Oh, and stuff. then the, so tw- it was, like,
0: and the 24-hour news cycle starting
1: Exactly. So, like, the, the 80s, a lot of people remember, like, Wall Street and Reagan and all these other things. But at, at least in television history, it was significant just in that it was bigger than it had ever been before. And mm-hmm. where people were used to having like four channels, all of a sudden they just had all of this excess kind of like everything right, else in the
0: eighties. And 80s I all think about that was and fake gold accents.
1: Oh, and, in that too, like the whole, the whole crux of, uh, the Christmas Eve in this movie is that, uh, Bill Murray's network is doing like a live version of a Christmas Carol. And that was also a very big thing that NBC even kind of tried to revitalize a few years ago. And I guess they might keep doing it. I think really it was just like the pandemic put a stop to it, but like the live television, special like oh, they, you know there was like the they peter just, pan they just, and sound of music a few they, years ago
0: they just did um on abc just did one a couple nights ago oh, actually last week as of recording um they did a, they did a live performance of uh, an episode or two of different strokes um, there you go <laughs> which is <laughs> i'm interested
1: that anyone would tune it because the ones i was thinking of were like the live musical sort of things but uh that's interesting. I didn't know people were still watching different strokes.
0: And then I, but, know, uh, I know over the I years, guess if you're
1: old enough to still be paying for cable, you will.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it was... Okay, I never watched it, but apparently it was a big show. <laughs> yeah that, they, well, they, and they I did mean, an episode it, of that and they did an episode of the facts of life uh, two shows you can I did tell not.
1: that television these days is marketed towards an older demographic because people in our generation and younger have stopped paying for cable because there's no point it's like so much easier just to have a streaming service and like in that too like when I was home for Thanksgiving visiting with my family and stuff it's like my dad just wanted to watch like Alfred Hitchcock pre- uh, presents on Peacock Uh you know like even if you like older tv shows it's like why why pay for the inconvenience of commercials when you can just binge like all yeah like even really old shows like that you know like you could watch the golden girls or you know all sorts of like kind of more nostalgic tv shows and you don't have to pay for cable anymore so any anytime i watch tv i just notice all of the ads and everything you can like tell that they're only really broadcasting to old people
0: (laughs) i mean personally i still enjoy cable because i feel like i discover more when i don't have the option to come back to it later because i never do
1: (laughs) i do i kind of feel that i i guess i'm more inclined when i'm on hulu or netflix or whatever to kind of explore a little bit see if like there's something that just sounds interesting but i know what you mean sometimes you do kind of fall into discovering something when you're just I Not, mean, you know, the TV's with, just
0: going because I'm just but, a person. I, I'm a person who, if I given the option to watch something new or watch thing that I know is comfortable, I will always go with what's what's comfortable, um, and I won't branch out. That's what that's what that why. makes sense.
1: Every time, if it wasn't for this show, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have seen tons of movies. I'm constantly <laughs> telling you to watch. You're like, watch this.
0: I'm like, I could, or. I, I could, could watch
1: Two Broke Girls for the fifth time. Fifth
0: time. Or, okay, I will admit, I have started a new show. I am watching Call of the Midwife currently, which you should at least try because it's really well-written and it's good. Anyway, we'll see. back to the topic <laughs> at hand. Um, yeah, so that,
1: that was something that I think is uh, not talked about as much, but a lot of movies did kind of poke fun at that idea at that time. And this is yeah. probably the best. I haven't seen UHF with Weird Al, but it looks pretty funny
0: but <laughs> this one album. it's gonna be funny
1: exactly i mean it's probably great but anyway but this one i've out of the movies i've seen that like mention it this is probably one of the better ones because it does also kind of show behind the scenes and everything like that mm-hmm. and i also loved at the beginning kind of how like so they're all trying to ha- like pitch different ads for their christmas carol thing mm-hmm. and bill murray's is just <laughs> so funny <laughs> accurate (laughs) (laughs) so accurate to the point i feel like things haven't changed in decades because it still feels like the sort of crap that you'd see i love his ad
0: i love his ad acid rain drug addiction international terrorism you may not be able to see this again or (laughs) i love his thing it's like i just want to scare them into watching this fear missing them. (laughs)
1: it's too it's too accurate and yeah there you go the fear of missing out and it is funny that like that that too like is stupid and fear-mongering as his ad is it like works if i remember correctly like they actually get oh no 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 it doesn't work it kills someone someone has a heart attack and then he's like that's great post that in the in the morning get the call the papers have them print that this (laughs) ad killed somebody
0: so Witness, we talked briefly already about about the reception to this movie and how it didn't necessarily meet expectations. So uh, before the press screenings, the early screenings, uh, audiences were having very positive reactions to it. Did not? Were. They were having positive oh, okay. reactions to it. Uh, I think they said at that point, uh, back then it would have been like the equivalent of like a 96%. Um, and then once they started having the test screenings, that's when they started to kind of have problems because the the uh, critics were giving it a very mixed a, a kind of mixed negative reaction, um, which I'm still not sure why. But I know you will appreciate this. We are turning to for a time capsule of these ads. We are turning to yours and mine's favorite, you know. Uh, critic of history roger ebert oh
1: boy siskel and ebert are 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 dark shadows are, the uh, the krampus of film critics
0: so <laughs> he gave it a one-star review really and the opening lines of his of his review say scrooge is one of the most disquieting unsettling films to come along in quite some time it was obviously intended as a comedy, but there's, li- there's little comic about it, and indeed the movie's overriding emotions seem to be pain and anger. This entire production seems to be in dire need of visits from the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. So the more I learn about him, the more I don't like him very much.
1: <laughs> like every, every hot take he has is like the stupidest opinion I can think of. And which would be fine. But if he wasn't like, you know, I get, I think back to our Friday, the 13th review where he tried you try to dox exp- somebody. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, and, and even just other, other stories from his little review show. Like it's cool to not like something or even have like a different take on it. But, uh, that is, shockingly harsh for this movie i don't think here's my my take on why this movie didn't succeed i don't think it has anything to do with critical you know anything i think the problem is that it was a bloated budget um it's great that you have all of these people at the at the height of their popularity working on this film again richard donner had just done this, I think this was right before. No, no, no. I looked it up. He had done Goonies, so that was already a big hit, and then he was doing this. Um, you had, and plus he'd also uh, come off of doing Superman movies, um, or at least the first one before the, he got kicked off of the right. second one. Well, anyway, and then you've got Bill Murray. They're giving him a bunch of money. You've got uh, uh, uh Carol. What's her What's her name? Uh, his love interest, the actress. Oh,
0: Carol. I believe is it. A- it is not. Ka- oh, Karen not. Allen,
1: Karen Allen. There we go. Like she, she had, uh, it had been a few years since the first Indiana Jones, but you know, she was still a pretty big star from that. And she yeah, had been yeah. in a few other things. So like, and Danny Elfman, like he might not have been as famous as he was later, but he was still like a very famous rock star. So he's probably getting a pretty good cut of the budget for being like the hip music person doing the music. So, there is no possible way, especially if you're spending $6 million on just one actor that you are going to make your money back. Right. Like the part of it is like, spending so much money that there is no potential way, even if it is a mega super hit. Like that's the only way that that movie could have done well based on every person who's worked on it. And just based on what I, you know, what you said about Bill Murray's salary, this would have had to have been like a star Wars level. <laughs> mega. Boy, yeah. Mega blockbuster. Him. This, this would not have made its money back and Christmas movies always do well, but it's also kind of a very niche market and you have that flash in the pan, like, during the holidays, people will be going to see it, but right after New Year's, no one's going to care anymore. Yeah, That's part exactly. of what was so special about, like, that Grinch movie is that, you know, people liked it so much that they kept going even after Christmas. So, yeah. I feel like that was just really stupid on Paramount's part because there's no way unless it was, like, a just the most popular movie of the year. And, and speaking of which, uh, like... So one, one of the highest grossing films of one of the later years in 1990 was Home Alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is a Christmas movie, but you've also got, like, I mean, I feel like that's tons of people's favorite Christmas movie. And that's another one where, even though it takes place during Christmas, you've got kind of the, the slapstick element of everything. So that's another one that kept people kept seeing yeah,
0: yeah long I can after see that.
1: Christmas was over. And again, that of 1990... 1990 maybe it was 89 whatever I know that whatever year it came out it was the highest grossing film of that year which is pretty crazy um
0: well one of the things that Ebert had highlighted in his review specifically and this was echoed by a few critics is is they were just like they were like oh Bill Miller's Frank Cross oh he was so just miserable and unlikable and I'm kind of just like He's Scrooge. I'm like, yeah, I was like, he's not supposed to be likable. Or or they thought he was way too mean or something like that. And I was like, Do y- have y'all never seen... Is Is this y'all's first time experiencing The Christmas Carol? I was going to say, I
1: mean, he's not that bad compared to some other Scrooges. Like, I mean... <laughs> He's pretty tame compared to like, he's still a jerk for sure. I'll get into like, here's my major criticism with the movie. And it's not even a major, like it doesn't ruin the movie, but it's, it's more of a writing thing than anything. My biggest problem was that the kind of framing of his redemption mm-hmm. wasn't so much based on him being a better person. There was sort of this hammering in of him not living his life to the fullest. Yeah. And I found that kind of puzzling. Again, it didn't ruin the movie. I was just kind of like, are you guys missing the point of the Christmas carol? Like, he's he's a dick. Like, that's the <laughs> point, is that he needs to not be a dick anymore. Right. It's not about him, like, oh, he could have been, like, in love with his girlfriend, but he had to choose his career. It's like, that you're missing... No, that's not. It's <laughs> not what a Christmas carol is about. It's about... So the the and it was kind of over and over again. All the ghosts were showing him like missed opportunities, mm-hmm. and I found that just puzzling. Uh, like again, like if you're if you're wanting to, and I guess maybe they were trying to kind of have their own take on it. Right.
0: This is. But uh,
1: it just it's very strange, especially when you can like it's Bill Murray was pretty evil like he fired a guy for no reason he was asking uh his assistant to like neglect her children for him yeah you know so the idea of it being like oh it's just he's just that way because he's not happy because he didn't live his life to the fullest was just a weird choice uh in my opinion but not enough for one star (laughs) (laughs) so not enough for that more of just kind of a that's a that's a weird choice sort of decision but that was my biggest problem Uh, My favorite thing about this movie were the ghosts. Oh, yes. Big time. All of them were great. Super well cast. Uh, The cab driver was definitely a favorite of mine. Uh, And I love... uh, That was the Carol. Carol King, right? was the the ghost person present. Carol Carol Kane, excuse me.
0: Carol King is the singer.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so um, her just assaulting Bill Murray was lots of fun. And I liked the uh, very disturbing... um, like costume i guess design of of the ghost of christmas future because uh, i he was cool i like how he had a television for a head and yeah. i like how if you looked under his robes he had just like creatures tortured souls like <laughs> trying to get out of his rib cage uh very scary imagery but i you know me i i love you that you love that actually i the, love that
0: the imagery that imagery didn't bother me at all i actually i actually thought it was more kind of hilarious because the way it's presented Because he's like, oh, do you mind... Do you mind if I check? check? (laughs) Do you mind if I check? And then he double checks again. So it's interesting that you brought up a couple things that I was going to touch on. Um, The writing and uh, the ghost. So I'll start with the writing at first. So there was a lot of stuff kind of like behind the scenes that I'm still not entirely sure of. Something clearly went wrong in the relationship. Uh, Bill Murray and uh, and Richard Donner, uh, they didn't have the best working relationship and neither one of them really wants to say why (laughs) uh yeah there were definitely creative differences um apparently they both had different visions in mind for what the final film would look like um and so that created some tension uh Bill Murray has said, you know, that he would that Richard Donner was uh difficult to work with. He also described making this film as a as a quote miserable gig, end quote. Richard Donner in in interviews has been a little more um uh, uh delicate with the situation. He says, you know, that Bill Murray had is is an incredible talent. He's great to work with. He did he he said he did say he was difficult, but then he kind of it corrects himself and says, well as difficult as any actor he did say though that um you it's it, it as a, when you direct bill murray you're not really so much directing him as getting him to hold back a little bit um so there was obviously some tension there and then uh with the writers mitch uh mitch glazard and michael oh uh and michael o'donohue uh who wrote the script uh they were very very unhappy with the final project uh michael o'donohue i believe is the one who uh it was extremely outspoken about it and went on a very colorful filled rant in one interview he said and i will replace certain words that he said with the word puppy we wrote a puppy masterpiece we wrote it happened one night we wrote a story that could make you laugh and cry you would have wanted to share it with your grandchildren every puppy christmas for the next 100 years the finished film was a piece of unadulterated unmitigated puppy (laughs) so don't know why you're censoring yourself we ain't no kids show uh, okay uh so I was like okay I can understand you like not you know obviously if it's not your that I totally get that. I was I was he, a little did, I was a little concerned though when he compared it to it happened one night which is
1: Yeah, it's pretty arrogant. And also what what changed exactly sir? Uh, like you're you're adapting a story Written by someone else already, so for you to have the the gonads to say that you're writing a masterpiece standing on the shoulders of Charles Dickens, right? Um, like, what are, what, who's whose farts have you been sniffing, sir? And can I have a whiff? Uh, but yeah, like, so first off, I, I as much as I like Bill Murray, he I am inclined to believe is the problem because he's he has directors he loves working with and that for some reason he gets along well with like Wes Anderson is one that comes to mind of recent. Mm -hmm. Um, but there have been multiple times in cases of directors, like not getting along with him. And he even had kind of a a sketchy period where he was just in a ton of like bad movies. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't really doing much to help the fact that they sucked Mm -hmm. so like he is a talented guy and he's very funny but he it's like if you aren't the type of person he likes to work with you're gonna have a bad time and he's gonna have a bad time and i don't really know what type of person he It, it, it even goes back to like i'm sure you are a big fan of the uh charlie's angels movies
0: i think i think i was when i was younger yeah the original ones yeah
1: So you, like, it kind of reminds me of when he just was super rude to Lucy Liu. Yeah. Like, where, to be fair, no offense to her, I don't think she's a very good actress, but just antagonizing her on the set wasn't really helpful <laughs> you know and even she was like i don't know what i did to piss him off but he just did not like me you know and i am inclined to believe her even though again no offense to lucy Lou, i don't think she's a very good actress but that's no reason to be mean to her um so i'm kind of inclined to think that bill murray was the problem on set uh because richard donner uh i don't think anyone's ever had a problem working with him that i know of I know he was, like, he was very good at, like, working with the kids on The Goonies. I believe people were actually pretty upset that he got his name removed from Superman, too. Mm-hmm. Like, so I would think that his cast probably enjoyed him enough that, like, hey, how dare you do that? Right. So, you know, he's not, like, a super mega important director, but he did have quite a few hits. And from what I know about his work, I don't think he was a very hard director to work with. Yeah. So again, and also the fact he's being more polite about Bill Murray than Bill Murray is to him. <laughs> so there's that. But it, like in in your research with the screenwriters and that whole issue, do they explain why the new the the final version is worse than what they wrote? Because that again, it's just very puzzling to me, considering that it's an adaptation of a story that neither of them wrote. Um,
0: I have not found what they were upset about excluding or anything maybe in their original treatment it was um more touching or something i don't know uh they said they, they did say mention specifically that richard donner took a lot of the subtlety out of the film and they said they kind of said he made things like kind of like more loud and in your face uh, i mean no if, i don't really
1: think this was uh with all of the creative decisions made i feel like making this kind of more outrageous was a good way to go
0: yeah i think so.
1: especially because this has been done to death like if you are going to make a christmas carol adaptation it's got to have some kind of a gimmick or it's got to be something you know like and, and even the the several examples i gave you know the muppets are muppets the disney one it's a cartoon um, the Zemeckis one with Jim Carrey, you had the whole motion capture angle, so it was right. technically an animated movie, like, done with, like, facial,
0: Recognition. you know, scanning yeah, in
1: right. and everything. So, like, if and, and, again, within two years, either before or after this movie, there was a straight, serious adaptation of this story. So, if you want to stand out, you kind of need to be loud. Oh, right, Or yeah. interesting. So... Already, like, I disagree with the screenwriters. If Richard Donner was the one who made it a little bit more charismatic, then that right. was a good idea. Cause, and that was my, again, my favorite aspect of this were the ghosts, and they were very goofy. Yes. um, And, and even, like, the uh, Ghost of Christmas Future, uh, as spooky as he was, he was also very goofy. And again, like, just the idea of, besides his scary insides, I love... That his head was a TV monitor. <laughs> there was, it was very appropriate yeah. for the setting and the characters.
0: There was something very cool about But it was also a cool it. idea
1: because you could have him, like, instead of a, you know, s- skeleton head, like, there were, like, really cool things where he was, like, they'd use his head as, like, a scene transition and some other things. It was, it was creative and interesting and made it memorable. And I was kind of curious after seeing the first two ghosts how they were going to do christmas future because i was like well if they just do the grim reaper thing again
0: that's kind of basic that'd be boring yeah <laughs> well before we get to the angels i know we keep talking about them like the, that the ghosts uh i did want to mention i don't know if you caught this but all four murray brothers appeared in this movie
1: yes uh partly because i read the credits at the end <laughs> but i i saw how a bunch of them had murray as a last name and i was like wait a second He has brothers. I didn't know this. I didn't didn't, know this. You didn't know
0: he had brothers. Does anyone know he has brothers? I mean, I I knew of at least one. Did you ever see Groundhog's Day? Yeah. The mayor in Groundhog's Day is his brother. Never knew that. (laughs) So we had. But again, like it's.
1: it's, he's sorry to the rest of them but he's the one who was successful <laughs> like, maybe it was more common knowledge in like the 70s and 80s that he had like a bunch of brothers but i didn't realize he was part of an actor family because he's the one that was you know that made it so
0: <laughs> so we had uh bill was obviously the lead we had john murray who actually played his on-screen brother that's uh,
1: the one I noticed uh, the most because I was like, "Oh wow!" And also, he was way better looking than Bill Murray. I know, <laughs> I
0: noticed that too. I was like, "Bill Murray must have gone through maybe some drug-induced part in his past or something."
1: That or maybe his uh, his brothers were from different fathers or something. Oh, that's I true don't too.
0: Um, uh, Brian Doyle uh, Murray was played Bill Murray's character's father in the flashback um that was also the one who was the mayor in uh groundhog's day and then we had the fourth brother who i i don't he didn't even have a wikipedia page i don't even know if he even does acting like seriously if it's kind of a one-off Um, uh, joel murray was just a party guest i didn't see him so i don't know which one he was but he was in your jail um okay but with that funness out of the way the Angels. Let's 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 talk about Carol Kane. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was right. Carol Kane. I'm seeing all these names are getting me confused. It's Karen Karen Allen and Carol Kane? Christmas present.
1: A- Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna agree with you. It's hard. They have, and the funny thing is, like face wise, they, like they don't look like each other. Their names just sound so similar, right? Like-
0: so she played Christmas present, and as you said. She is hilarious. This physical comedy thing that she just keeps assaulting Bill Murray. I,
1: th- I think it's also funny how she's, like, kind of openly flirting with him. Yeah. And she's being, like, very sweet, but then she'll, like, kick him in the balls. Yeah. It's, it's weird, but it was it was funny. And it was also... I don't know. She's got a very weird,
0: uh, unique vibe going with him, but I, I thought she was funny. She... I think I think she was she was my personal favorite of the one she actually um injured Bill Murray uh which is probably not surprising uh during this if you I don't know if you remember the scene where she grabs his bottom lip and kind of waves it around yeah I guess in one of the takes she actually cut the inside of his mouth when she was doing that <laughs> so uh, they had to you know Hold off for a couple days after that, but yeah, they got they got really intense and and I in in one interview I was reading, I think they said that they they would both at times cry doing this because they would injure each other with this physical comedy that they were doing. Now, when she first appears, if you remember correctly, I believe it's when she first appears. Um, she, she does sort of this like little dance yeah so originally in the in this they had originally cast a body double to do the ballet dance because uh carol couldn't dance or not at least not in this ballet so they wanted but then they saw her practicing and they saw how terrible she was and they thought that'd be funnier to, <laughs> to have her do the dancing instead of the body double
1: <laughs> it's kind of funny i didn't think she was that bad but also who knows maybe i'm remembering wrong when it's was the last time
0: when was the last time you were at the ballet
1: <laughs> oh geez it's been a while i i love going to the nutcracker uh but you know it's been a while the nutcracker. Uh, but again also i could just call
0: your axe i'm just kidding
1: <laughs> <sighs> oh boy no um sorry but yeah i don't know it's been a it's few days bourbon. maybe i'm remembering wrong i've remembered her dancing but i didn't remember it being terrible yeah actually
0: also... i didn't remember it being terrible either but that was an interesting fact to learn about this. It's definitely
1: not professional ballet. Oh, yeah, definitely uh, I agree with that. Uh, and that's probably a good call, too. I don't. Why? Why would she need to be? I, I don't know. I she's she's a goofy character. Her being bad at dancing. Yeah, she hits him with his it's wing
0: and she hits him with his wings and she hits him with a toaster. And, you know, yeah. just what else can we just hit him with? Um, and then, of course, and then we get to see through her sequence, the demise of Herman. Uh, poor Herman um yeah he i don't feel like he got
1: a a good enough ending man it's like he got his job back but it's no that's not wife left him and all this other stuff and it's like no that's not herman
0: herman was the herman was the guy that was frozen to death in the sewer i mean did he die though he shows up at the end or is that supposed to be like his ghost or something his ghost was hanging out with christmas present they were holding hands
1: Okay, so he did die. Then. Yeah. Never mind. I thought. I thought maybe that his his actions had saved him or something. So never mind.
0: Uh, <laughs> he definitely didn't deserve that. Right, and that's and I think that's when people talk about it getting it gets dark and everything.
1: It's again kind of like my biggest problem with the movie again is that you know that happens to some guy who was being very nice to to Bill Murray's character, but then Bill Murray's big. Thing. it's like oh when you were a little kid you watched too much tv and you didn't go out and lead live life and then you you again i it's very confusing that that's kind of the takeaway from from his lesson is like oh you need to like live more or something it, it's very strange especially when his like neglect ended up ruining one of his co-workers lives someone dies and you know they kind of get together and have a big kumbaya at the end and yeah. it's like i don't know man like it again it doesn't ruin the movie but it, it's it doesn't really hit the same doesn't hit, it almost it, it doesn't would hit have the paid same. to be less serious with this this take of it <laughs> um especially yeah i i it didn't register when i watched the movie that he actually died again i thought it's like oh because he changed his behavior the future's different or something because i thought he was dead in the future but i don't know man
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're like now i'm confused so christmas present she was great love her okay and then now we want to talk about christmas past your favorite yes mr taxi driver so did you know him from anything before this I IMDb'd him
1: because he s- sounded and looked so familiar, but from what I remember, I actually hadn't seen him in anything else. Like, I maybe I'd seen the movies or something, but I didn't recognize him. But maybe maybe you'll enlighten me. What should I know him from? So,
0: I didn't know, because I know you, you and I have very different music tastes, so I guess he was apparently part of a band called the New York Dolls. Whoa! Okay
1: wow that's bi- I, okay you're right because <laughs> they were um they're not one of my favorite bands but they're very influential in like the uh new york like punk scene they were like a glam punk band like they dressed up in like women's clothing and stuff like that okay okay and actually it's anthony bourdain's favorite band of all time a <laughs>
0: good old anthony Bourdain. so that's
1: crazy i did not know that
0: that's wow. So I thought I, I was like, maybe this will blow his mind. Maybe It did. Maybe. So <laughs> he uh he actually was the second choice for this character because they originally wanted to offer it to somebody else who's more prolific, and of course I did not write this down. Um so now I'm just like, Oh my god, who was he supposed to be played by? Um but he was they we they basically really wanted somebody who could be loud. And as we've, as we've already talked about, <laughs> that was kind of what he was looking for. And so they had originally wanted somebody else, but then this guy auditioned, they kind of just stole the show with the audition. So they went with him and I'm so sorry. I really wish I had written this down, but I had I too. <laughs> but it may, I mean, it was a good choice.
1: And I, I, I mean, if you're going to hire someone to be like loud and charismatic, finding a rock star. To do that is is probably going to work out because they're supposed to be loud and charismatic you know on the stage right so good good call but that's crazy that also probably explains why he sounded familiar um but again i did imdb him and he did act in quite a few things it was just if i remember correctly <laughs> nothing i had really seen before or if i had seen i just didn't
0: remember who he was in it well there's more to it uh with 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 his uh with with his um uh uh with, with 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 the band as far as it relates to this movie. Um so apparently New York doll's bandmate, um Arthur Kane, I think is what his name is, he became jealous after seeing uh this guy's like uh more prominent role in this movie. Um and uh he reacted by beating his wife and attempting to jump from his third story apartment. That's a that's a bit much. <laughs> I was like, "That's a lot. Little... <laughs> Why don't you just get? Yeah, geez, that's that's crazy. Um... <laughs> Apparently, My he God. was also under the influence of alcohol at at the time. Oh, I did write it down. Okay, it was originally supposed to be played by Sam, by 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 Sam Kinison. Oh, he, I know him, but I do.
1: Oh, do you know who he is? Like, I I know the name. I know so he. I'm... I
0: know he was a stand-up uh, comic.
1: Okay oh uh... i it's one of those i know i know who he is but his face isn't coming into my head probably would have been a good pick too a stand-up comedian's another person i could see taking that like cabbie role and making it pretty funny but yeah the the bandmate sounds like he uh he needs to get some therapy <laughs> or he did in the 80s anyway but um jesus uh
0: <laughs> And so, back to a more lighter subject. And then, of course, we had Christmas Future, which we talked about, and like you had mentioned, the TV screen, the way that it was presented was quite interesting. Like I said, the fact that his face is TV screen for me was very poetic. It was almost like it was oh, kind. Of, yeah. It was like an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> it, it was
1: very appropriate for the setting of the film. Uh, the idea that it's a TV studio and you've got a TV. Which also, like, there's even kind of a uh, a news broadcast, sort of, you know, like, he's he's giving you the, the prediction of the future, but it's almost kind of, like, cold and clinical, like a news broadcast or something. <laughs> right something. Um, so... It was a cool... And, again, like, there were some cool things they did where it was, like, they zoomed in on, on the TV screen, and then it turned into a scene transition, like the screen started projecting like what the scene was going to be and then yeah. it dissolved into like just really cool like creative ideas for
0: like how to be more visually interesting and then of course we, so we have his main story on and then all throughout the entire show um sorry the entire movie we we have elliot's character his 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 sad story happening it keeps popping up in the background everywhere that's the guy he fires at the beginning uh, yeah and he's the one i really felt bad for because it was like he he didn't do
1: anything wrong he had a good idea and then bill murray screwed him over and it's like even though he got his job back at the end his wife left him and yeah. he's like just all this horrible stuff happened to him in like 24 hours and it's like i don't think having his job
0: back is gonna fix a lot of what happened <laughs> well and you know what's interesting to me is ironically his whole spiral downward um i think is, is 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 kept very timely because of as we've seen in recent years workplace violence in reaction to things like this um so to me that that kind of helps the movie kind of stay relevant like i feel like this movie is not dated i feel like some of its predictions and stuff were ahead of its time and i do feel like that conflict is kind of a more modern uh, conflict uh for the time period in my opinion oh for sure well i mean like people getting you know very angry
1: about losing their job is it's nothing new um but i'm sure uh in the 80s it was probably kind of on the rise for people losing it a little bit and for sure nowadays you know it is very common for people to uh Go a little nuts if uh, if they run into some rough luck. That's literally the I don't know if you've seen the film Up in the Air, but that's like the whole point. Like the movie is about someone whose job is to go to companies and fire people for the heads up of the company so that they don't have to deal with it.
0: That's so sad. I would not want to watch that.
1: it's a great movie it's by the director of (laughs) juno it's not as sad as you think it is it's actually kind of like an uplifting movie anyway different movie maybe we'll review it in the future but that like the whole the character's job is doing that you know because of people losing it and going ballistic and whatever so it's like anyway (laughs) uh so yeah
0: a couple of cool things kind of like behind the scenes um this do you remember if you remember the scene where he thinks that he's seeing the waiter catch on fire and he throws water on him uh (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. and that guy's over there's like i'm just trying to count my tips sir like why do you have to throw water on me but when he's leaving he he falls um a pair that was a real slip and fall (laughs) that bill murray had (laughs) on the set because it was wet he wasn't he was just supposed to walk out <laughs> sounds like he's had no wonder he thought the the shoot was
1: held. It sounds like he had quite a few injuries. <laughs> well and then also Maybe that tainted his experience a bit. Well
0: no, this is to me what would taint experience the fake snow they used uh for the movie, uh he reacted negatively to it. At some point he was coughing up blood. <laughs> <laughs> because of Yikes. whatever was in that. So then maybe maybe, maybe Bill had more of an axe to grind here than we're giving him credit for.
1: <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Maybe he just genuinely had a really crappy time on this one and it affected his mood. Uh, the only reason I'm kind of inclined to uh, take Donner's side is because Bill Murray has a reputation right. being difficult to work with. Even with people he was close with, the director of Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters Ivan Reitman, Mm-hmm. Or not him, sorry, his co-star, uh, the guy who played Egon, him and Bill Murray hated each other. Wow. Like, they could not stand each other, <laughs> you know. And, and and even, like, his friends, like, when he was in a bad mood, he was, like, really, like, I think it was Dan Aykroyd when Bill Murray was going through uh, his divorce during... Maybe it was Ghostbusters Two or something. They mm-hmm. referred to it as the Hurricane. Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> so the guy, the guy can be and yeah, and also like uh wh- like my hometown uh there's like a very big golf tournament every year, and Bill Murray always plays. And uh, there was, like, one year where he got pissed at a paparazzi and punched him outside of a restaurant.
0: Oh, my God. So, the dude has a
1: temper. I don't think he's a jerk, but I think he, if you get on his bad side, he can be hell to work with. Like Sean Penn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sean Penn, that's, like, a whole other discussion but yeah so like I, i'm sure bill murray probably did actually have a hellish time on this it sounds like he took a lot of injuries the snow thing that sounds pretty horrific
0: well he. And he also... i
1: know if that were happening to me i would be in a nasty mood <laughs> uh like so
0: you know i mean he also he also said um that this was kind of it was also terrifying because this is kind of the, really the first time that he was the one that was carrying the movie. Like if he had, for the most part had succeeded in ensemble uh, movies. And this is kind of the first time where he was like the main source of comedy. Um, and I don't know, man, Carol Kane was pretty funny. I mean, yes, she was hilarious. <laughs> so was the cabbie. <laughs> Honestly, I, again,
1: like that's probably my hottest take is that I think the ghosts were funnier than Bill Murray. <laughs> I thought that they kind of stole the show. <laughs>
0: well i think so too but i mean like how could you're a ghost how can you not steal the show um uh, so okay so you talked about what you didn't like about the movie so my one gripe with this movie and it's always kind of been like this i as i really don't like his ending monologue i love the sing-along but before that the ending monologue yeah The uh, the ending was really hokey for me.
1: Uh, Again, like, part of it was, like, his, his lesson didn't make any sense to me. But also there was something kind of just a little too cheesy about like the television broadcast getting hijacked and everyone just like, Oh, Hey, it almost, re- you know what it reminds me of, you know, at the end of SNL, when all of the cast are like on the stage and just, uh oh, thank you everybody. Oh, you know, we love you. Blah, 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 like, and they're I mean, doing the whole thing and they're, you know, waving to everybody It felt like that, but worse.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the script was written by two SNL alums, so but Who apparently thought that they were uh, a gift from God apparently. in the writing world, <laughs> gifts uh, from
1: God, no, I should say. But
0: like the hokiness, because I mean, I I watch and thoroughly enjoy Hallmark movies. I will be the first to admit that. So the hokiness isn't what bothered me was Mur- was Bill Murray's delivery of it. Like he's he's, he's he starts talking, and then you kind of just I then I'm just like, am I watching like like one of these religious paid programmings that come on at like three in the morning? <laughs> Like, he kept going on about the miracle. I can feel it happening to me. The miracle. And I was just like, what? It just, it, it was just, it was kind of, it was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I love, I, I like, I like, I, I did not mind the fact that it was a monologue. I was just, his delivery was just bizarre to me. Um, And, it, and I did look it up. They said during the filming of this bill murray didn't hit any of his marks he kind of did his own thing he delivered his lines but he did his own sort of thing um which according to my mom is very bill murray to do so that's fine but it's his strength as an actor honestly
1: like the best way to utilize bill murray is give him the gist of something and then let him do whatever he wants to do
0: (laughs) um so he did that and then they also said (laughs) let me see i wrote this down because i thought i thought this was hilarious um the i believe the director said or somebody said that he thought that bill murray was having a mental breakdown when they were (laughs) recording this because of just how weird it looked um and then i remember uh and then one i I still don't know why but i guess the writers were on set for some of the filming too and one of them turned to the director and was like when did this become the jim jones hour like (laughs) So everybody was kind of just unsettled by his portrayal of this, but I've to me something about Dang, it, you're just... making me want to
1: rewatch it because I did, all I remember is oh, hokey ending speech. Here we go, roll credits. Watch so it now again. I want to rewatch it because I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention because I. Now I'm thinking, man, was he was he unhinged for this? And I just wasn't paying close enough attention. That's that's interesting.
0: He sounds like he said, he to me, he sounded like one of those pastors who's claiming they're channeling the Holy Spirit and they're crying over all the people who were not yet born into the kingdom of heaven. It's kind of to me how he came across a little bit. It was very weird to me
1: maybe it was the last scene shot on the film and he was just so happy that it was finally <laughs> was over that he that was, he so was have he was just like oh the miracle <laughs> the, the miracle this being
0: or martini shot <laughs> <laughs> But yeah to me that's the that to me that's like the only part of the movie that I was just like that could have really been better I mean like I'm not saying this is a masterpiece or anything but I, I that was one part I was actively just like this just feels odd and and like I said, I don't think uh, for me, I don't think it's it's necessarily his his arc or whatever. Uh, to me, it, I just thought his betrayal was just kind of just weird. Watch it again and see if you don't get the same vibes. You probably won't because you don't watch commercial TV, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But to be honest, no, and I I I will probably
1: watch this in the future. I enjoyed this. If this was someone's favorite movie during Christmas, I'd happily put it on again. It was it was a fun time. Um... <clears throat> I, uh, I mean, I enjoyed this one a lot. It's, uh, you know, like what I gave Krampus like a C <laughs> I'd give this like a B. I, I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, I don't think there was really a time when I tuned out. It was very, uh, animated. There was a lot of character to the the way the story was told. Yeah. There was, it, it was an interesting angle too. like, um, a lot of versions of a Christmas Carol, like, Ebenezer is just seeing one ghost after another. I liked how there was like a break in between the ghosts in this one, which I believe is actually how it is in the this original story. I believe it's like over the course of three days. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, I guess for time in most movies, they just do it as like one ghost, next ghost, next ghost. But uh, I liked that about this one. I thought the setting was interesting. Um, to be honest, uh, I know they cast Bill Murray for his star power, but I kind of don't think he would have been the best person for this role. I can see
0: that, especially with his I, weird I know, like, again.
1: for the comedy, I think he was a good pick, and obviously they wanted to put butts in seats, and he was a big star at the time. But I feel like there were better people, like, even even at the time. Like, I, I could think right off the top of my head, George Carlin would have been a really good Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um who I don't know if you know who he is, but he's, he's like a very good comedian. And at the time in the eighties, he was already like 50 years old. So he would have been good as like a grouchy, like cynical TV producer. Um, I can see that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, it's kind of like back with our review of yes, man. I'm like, I feel like they cast Murray because they wanted his, his celebrity more mm-hmm. than they thought he was a good fit for the role. Well, what's interesting kind of, what's in- I, I, I I think like he's not someone who comes to mind when I think of Ebenezer Scrooge. Right.
0: Well, what's interesting for for about that is he actually had passed on this two years before he ended up joining it. Um, <laughs> so Bill Murray had this had been, he he had passed on it, and then when he wanted to get back into acting after his hiatus had ended, he reached back out and said, "Hey, you know, do you still want me <laughs> uh, for that?" Because you, I don't know if you know, this, Bill Murray doesn't have an agent. He, i did not know that he, that's actually kind of nice he has a phone number or and i think a peel box or something and you you send your inquiries to him and if he's interested or bored or whatever he'll do them <laughs> that's kind of just how bill murray operates i think that's kind of interesting i i, I think that's pretty nice it's
1: kind of um <clears throat> it's uh it's cool when actors or directors or anyone in the industry don't have like an assistant handling everything. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times it's just because they're very busy, but there's something really cool about when they are, <laughs> they have enough humility to like deal with their business themselves. Right. Um, Like when I was uh, interning, it was kind of cool whenever a director actually called in to the place I was working by you know themselves and not like oh hey I've got so and so on the line there was something kind of nice about that yeah <laughs>
0: so that's pretty cool actually so and then we talked about you talked about the year you know, this is probably someone's favorite Christmas movie so this has achieved cult classic status like I said it found its second life on syndicated TV. It's been shown basically every actually like AMC showing it like every other day right now. Um, but I, uh, it is, it has showed up on several uh, like online publications lists. Like IGN lists this as the best, as the 11th best holiday film. Uh, Empire has listed this as the seventh best holiday film. Climb out has listed it as the 12th best hol- holiday film. Consequence of sound has listed it as the 23rd best holiday film. And, collider listed it as the fifth best adaption of a christmas carol and um there there were talks that were as recent as 2019 about them doing a remake of it no yeah i'm not sure how i feel about this because i hate that
1: idea just do a well, different come up with a new idea for the christmas carol man like don't just do uh, ah, it's already an adaptation like don't remake an adaptation
0: of well okay but but, crazy but scrooge (laughs) would be played by kevin hart again i get for the
1: comedy aspect that but kevin hart's not someone i think of like again you need someone kind of older and more crotchety yeah like kevin hart's funny i could see him as like one of the ghosts or maybe even uh, Bob Cratchit, like his yeah. stand-in character. I don't see him as, like, an evil asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he's... Yeah, that's a weird... I don't know. Just no, just no. Ah, I hate the... Don't remake this. Just <laughs> look, come up with an original idea. Come
0: up with an original for, adaption, damn it.
1: <laughs> well, again, like, part of the reason I like this is because it was a cool idea. Like, yeah. ooh, a TV producer... Do something like that. Yeah. If you're going to come up with like a new Scrooged, like if you're going to, there you go. Keep the title and make it something else. I don't know. Like the, the social media is like big now. I don't know. Like maybe do something like make along it, those lines. And then base it off of Logan Paul. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. But if they're just going to remake Scrooged, that's like where I'm like, that's a stupid idea. Don't do that. Um, and you know, it's funny what you were talking about, like all these holiday movies getting a second life. That's like the case with so many. That's the same case with A Christmas Story. That's the same case mm-hmm. with it's a, Be- uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Right. Like all of these really famous Christmas <laughs> movies bomb and then they get really famous years later. It's kind of funny. It's almost like, and we were talking, I mean, our last review, Krampus. It's like, you know, it did okay at the box office, but, you know, already horror fans and stuff like like to, you know, dress up as Krampus. Right, right. Like both in the Christmas and horror communities, there's, there's some love for that movie. So that also is, and I even said, it's a good TV movie, right? <laughs> you know? So like, there's something about like Christmas movies where like, even like, even if they don't do well, uh, if they are good movies, like they probably will get a fan following just from like being played on TV. Cause most of the most famous Christmas movies, that's how they got popular. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know. I definitely agree and I think and I think one of the reasons why they become popular also later on is because of they have such a small window where they can be relevant so exactly you know basically and then once that small window is over and if TV hadn't they, and it wasn't a hit to begin with there would be no reason for them anyway but uh wanted to close this out my personal favorite line from this movie is that bitch hit me with a toaster <laughs> That's just such a weird line to hear in a Christmas movie, but I love it. (laughs) So we're at the end. I feel like you're leaning towards a recommend. Yeah, I think this
1: is good. I think it's a little bit better than Krampus overall. I still kind of feel like it's a TV movie. I don't know though, man, it's, it's a good one. Like again, this is one, if someone, if it's your favorite Christmas movie, I think that that is a totally respectable favorite. Right uh as far and that too like i i feel like if you're looking for a new version of a christmas carol and you haven't seen this one i think that it's a very fresh idea uh that's my favorite thing about it honestly is is just it's a very neat setting for this type of story uh and i love the ghosts so yeah definitely a recommend if you haven't seen it i think especially if you're like me and you just like christmas carol movies like this will be a welcome addition, uh, so yeah, thumbs up for me.
0: And obviously, thumbs up for me. I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rate it as a, as an A. For the nostalgia. I think I'd give it like
1: a B, B plus probably. So
0: yes, yeah, so so so, so you're, we're we're kind of you know leaning more towards the positive side in this. So oh for sure, um, I think both of the I think
1: both of the movies were like again my biggest criticism of Krampus in our last review was that it kind of got boring. But yeah, that was more of like a pacing issue. This one, again, my my biggest problem isn't even really a problem. It's just kind of like not really... Thinking that the writers understood the source material very well, <laughs> because, and yeah, then with, and then
0: thinking Bill were, Murray's
1: character being such a jerk, it's like oh, but it's because he didn't live his life. Like what?
0: <laughs> I think I read somewhere they said they were trying to explore more about why he became. I don't. I I, I will admit I've never actually read a Christmas Carol. I've just seen all the adapt a bunch of adaptions of it. But I think they said they were trying to lean more into. W- why it was borderline
1: sense? preachy uh parts that kind of felt like they thought it, it seemed almost like they were blaming television itself for how he was yeah and that didn't make any like i mean think of the first flashback when he goes to the christmas past thing it's like oh it's christmas and you're watching television yeah how could he, it's like what are you trying to say television turns you into a sociopath like <laughs> (laughs) again like it's it was a fine movie but the messaging was all over the place and i really don't know what they were trying to say about like scrooge's character and what made him a bad person uh and it felt it felt off uh again it like it at points it felt almost like it was preaching against like media or something and then at points it was like oh it's because he never got to live so he's lashing out at people and it's like that's no it's no excuse for abusing your workers like, yeah <laughs> um, but again like that's just like personal crap that's not it, the, the, as a movie <laughs> it is perfectly fine uh, and very funny very, uh, yes. again I surprisingly Bill Murray's not the funniest thing for me but I thought it was a very enjoyable piece of, of Christmas media
0: there you go Christmas I will say it's Christmas cinema
1: but as always uh well before we sign off oh okay uh we like last you know it's been another year of the show uh we had a bit of a hiatus for the first few months of this year but we came back uh and just like last year i just kind of wanted to thank everyone who uh tunes into the show regularly or if this is your first episode you know just as we're closing out the year and going into 2022 you know just really want to tell everyone who has listened to any episodes you know that we appreciate it, and we really enjoy talking about movies, and we are very happy that some of you guys like listening to us.
0: I, I, and I will piggyback on what you're saying and say, yeah, at any time, somebody wants to sit down and just hear us kind of ramble on about what we kind of know about movies. I'm always, I'm very, very appreciative about that. Um, you guys are for you guys, you very few of you, but you guys are a phenomenal audience, and we are very, we are very lucky that you've chosen to listen to us or spend at least an hour or a couple hours a month listening to us. So I'd like to propose a toast
1: to all of you lifting my tuning in. (laughs) Uh, You know, here's to uh, hopefully better 2022 and to some even more interesting movie reviews next year.
0: And I will say it again. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22
1: Cheers. Cheers. clink (laughs)
0: clink 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 (laughs) so we will catch you guys all next year with some more exciting reviews Um, got
1: some interesting stuff lined up
0: and as always if you want some input on what we talk about feel free to tweet at us um and we will catch you all next year
1: peace stay thirsty everybody
0: Reels on the Rocks is a production of Le Prince Laboratories. It is edited and produced by Alejandro Castillo and features original artwork by Ace Sparza and original music by Pat Mars. Follow us on Twitter at Reels on the Rocks and tweet at us with any movies or topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.